Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're here for another Steelers preview podcast as the Pittsburgh Steelers prepare to face the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Sunday night football, week 14. We're hitting the final stretch, gentlemen. And joining me as always, Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's going on, Brian? I love it. We're getting ready to wash the stench off of a, a rough week. And when do you have an 11 and one team that needs redemption? <laughs> it's redemption week for the Steelers. Only Steeler fans. Dave Schofield, other co-editor of behind the steel curtain.com. What's up, Dave? How are you? I'm, I'm bummed, man. <laughs> this injury report and other stuff today, just killing my vibe. Well, the injury report, I'm not too upset. We'll talk about that here soon. I'm not too upset with the injury. No, I was actually pretty happy with everything. But the big news, that's what we always do on this show, is we talk about the news first. The biggest news is that one Vincenzo, what's his middle name, Brian? Do you know Vince Williams' middle name? I think it's Jaquel. Or... No, no, it's, it's I don't know <laughs> what it is. I, I knew it. It's uh, Gerald. It's with Gerald. Gerald. No, it's not. Is it Gerald? Vincent? Gerard? Vincenzo? Maybe? No. That's not Gerald. Yeah, that you're right. That's an R, not an L. I, I, I'm trying to. I had it zoomed in too much. Ger, yeah, Gerard. Yep. Gerard. Okay. Gerard. So one Vincenzo Gerard Williams has found his way in in one way, shape, or form on the COVID nineteen reserve list. So that could mean that he was either a high risk contact, in which case he has to be away from the team for five days, so he's out for Sunday, or if he tested positive, in which case. He has to be away for at least 10 days. He's not playing on Sunday. So Vince Williams is not going to be in the lineup on Sunday. The question isn't what's going on. It's what are the Steelers going to do? Because Robert Spillane hasn't been practicing. We'll talk about that here shortly when we go over the injury report. I have a guess of what I think is going to happen. I think Dave agrees with me because I read his article. We'll go with Brian. Brian, how do the Steelers cope with losing Vince Williams at a position they can rarely afford it. Two words, Sean Spence. Um, you know, oh, really <laughs> trade for John Bostic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I gotta tell you, the wow, are they decimated at the back in June and July? We were talking about the linebacker depth. And then you pick up a guy like Avery Williamson, even after Dion, I mean, excuse me, even after Devin Bush goes down, and you think that, okay, they're going to be okay with the depth. We have Spillane in there, but you figured UG3 was going to be a guy in there. And then his health problems were popping up. And I know that he's practicing now, but that we don't know exactly what that means. You just have nothing left. You're, looks like you're using safeties now. You're, I mean, it's, it's, Look who's on the couch at this point. Yeah, Dave, go ahead and explain what you think might happen here on the with the inside linebacker situation. Yeah, okay. Well, first, you gotta you gotta say this. We were worried about the inside linebacker depth going into the season. Yes, because they only had four, and out of those four, the only one who's on the fifty-three man roster right now is Robert Spillane, who they've pretty much already ruled out for the game. I mean, they haven't officially said it, but the reports are that he could miss multiple games, just maybe hopefully not onto the IR. And that's it, because between the COVID list and IR, that's where they are, because that's where UG3 still is. I would not be shocked to see 
UG3 activated for this game. I don't think they bring him back to practice. Um, you know, with Wisniewski, they waited the whole time. And then he was on the injury report. And then they ended up releasing him. But with Wormley, they he came back that week, didn't he? Yes. Yes, so he did. I think he'll be back. I think that will help. Um, some people think, you know, there are several out there among the among Steelers Nation and even, you know, the BTSC family that thinks that UG3 is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, if the Steelers would have thought so much of them, I think they would have utilized him more. So I'm not saying that he is this great answer that could come back and save the Steelers game Sunday night. You know, if anything, it's kind of a Band-Aid. But the, the other Band-Aids that they have are their hybrids. They have two hybrid linebackers slash safeties that they use, especially a lot in, in sub-package football of Marcus Allen and Antoine Brooks Jr., both on the 53-man roster. And that's what you might see. There were times when that's who was on the field instead of Williams and Williamson um, on Monday when they were running sub-package. And one Jeffrey Benedict says, hey, Buffalo's not running the ball a ton. Maybe this is no. a good time to use a lot of sub-package football. So um, it's just another one of those things. You know, the Steelers have kind of avoided those things. I mean, Devin Bush goes down and and you and, and you have an answer. And you know, even Bud Dupree, you know, Highsmith is was filling in admirably. But now it's just compounding a bunch of things between the COVID list and missing and everything else. It's a lot. And and then you don't want to be doing other things. I know some people are like, well, maybe they could move somebody like a Terrell Edmonds in there. But do you really want to take him out of where, where he is? You know, do you want to move too many things, too many moving parts, you know, other than just say, hey, this is what we're going to do for this week? Well, like you said, the Buffalo Bills are not a downhill, run it down your throat type of team. Not that they can't, but that they just aren't. Uh, looking at my... Numbers here, Dave. Correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. They're averaging, uh, oh boy, what for uh, rushing offense? Yeah, what are they rushing per game? One hundred two point four per right. game, twenty third in the NFL. So, so they're not like uh, they're not killing people with the run. No. I feel like this is a game that the Steelers are going to do anything. They're going to use those sub packages that might only have one linebacker. Yeah. And if that's the case, Avery Williamson, you're my guy. With that said, I do think they're going to activate UG three. Unless he's not physically ready. That's the only way that they would not say, hey, we're going to, you know, hey, we're going to make sure you get, we're, we're going to get you ready, and then we're going to get you on the field. I don't think they rush him back, but still, you know, it is what it is. But so that's interesting. Let yeah. me ask this. Sure. Didn't Sharon Elliott also play on the inside, or am I mixing that up? I not that he, I am aware. He of. had he he's labeled as just a linebacker, not inside or outside. So maybe he has the potential. Let's also not forget that the Steelers will line TJ Watt. Uh, they put Ola Adenye in the middle yeah, on, a, on, a, on occasion. Mm -hmm. um, they're mixing it up a little bit. Trust me, they've been if doing. They're going to blitz a linebacker from inside now. It might as well be an outside linebacker that you bring right. bring in and up to the line on the inside, which yeah. we've seen them do. So um, they're, they're going to make it work. I mean, they have what well, they have to, <laughs> and they got more. Uh, they, they got another player now at outside linebacker, which they signed this week. That was kind of interesting. If you think he's going to be up to speed, I mean, I don't by, know if he will be or not. Yeah, is he able to practice? Was he already? 
through the COVID protocol stuff, or is they still waiting for him to even join the team to practice? That's well, what I'm not sure of. See that he's on a, I'm not sure. I think the, I thought that with a player on another roster, they're already going through the COVID protocols with that team. Yeah. Yes. That you don't have to have that lull. I'm not sure. That's a good question. Well, Avery had to wait five days coming mm-hmm. over from the Jets. Yes. Okay. So, mm-hmm. well, he was able to, he was able to show up, but he just couldn't actually join the team. Everything was virtual for him. And yeah. he actually dressed that game, which was, was a Tennessee in um, Tennessee. No, it was Dallas, but Dallas. he was, he was traded on a Sunday night. So he was able to get through those five days. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We shall see. Let's, while we're talking about injuries and this craziness, why don't we go ahead and go over the injury report, Dave, just for all those listeners out there know that this is being recorded on Thursday night. So if you're listening to it Friday afternoon, evening, or even Saturday, we don't know what the game status is for all these players, but Dave, go ahead. All right. Let's go. Good news. First, we need some good news in our life. Don't we? (laughs) As I sit here and throw my pen across the room. Sorry. Um, Here we go. How about two straight days, full participant, Steven Nelson? That's good news. Very good news. That's shaping up to at least have one starting cornerback. Another good news. Chris Boswell, full participant today. Now, you also have to ask yourself, how much of a full participant Mm. is a kicker? You know, either they kick or they don't kick. You know what I'm saying? Or they kick and then they find out they can't kick and that's how they're limited. You know, they can only do so much. So he was full. So that's a good sign that it was full and not limited. Now for the bad news, Joe Hayden still out with the concussion. He's not playing. To me, that's this was the day. If he was going to have any, any, any chance of getting through, he had to go at least limited today because he has to play. He has to practice. He has to respond to it and judge it. So he's not playing. He's had some other bad concussions in the past, so this could be a little concerning. Um, but let's take it one week at a time. Um, that's a big loss. That's that's that really is. Um, and then, of course, Robert Spillane, as expected, did not practice. Not no one expected him to go. <laughs> and but the last one, you, you did get another player back that was gone. Chris Wormley was out through the illness, and you're like, well, that's you always want to see someone come back from illness, but you don't want to see someone else go down due to illness. And that was Chase Claypool today. He did not practice due to illness. Now, a lot of times anymore, and that's what's what's going on that makes everything with COVID so tricky is any kind of cold symptoms you kind of have to assume that it could be COVID related, and therefore you're better off to keep someone away from the facility. So hopefully it's just one of those things where he's, where it's not anywhere close to that, that it could have just been something else. And, um, and hopefully, you know, we'll see what we get from him on Friday, but that's everything for the Steelers. Friday is going to be a big day. That's going to be a very important injury report to watch out for the biggest name for me to look for Chris Boswell. Yep. Because if he can, if he's a full participant again, that tells me that he can get, he got through the first workout. I'm sure that, Danny Smith and them, they put him through the paces in terms of distance and frequency of kicks. You got to see if that hip's going to, you know, flare up again. If it flares up again and they got, they have to rely on Matthew Wright. Yikes in Buffalo. They're calling for cold temperatures. It's supposed to be a little bit windy, not a place for a person with not hit, not a strong leg. We'll put it that way. And Matthew Wright does not have a strong leg. Well, Jay- at least- he didn't on Monday. <laughs> right. Well, he was struggling. He was struggling even to kick it off into the end zone. 
Yeah. Can, can I, can I say something about that real quick? Cause I've heard an awful lot of people still saying this and I've tried to clarify it before. Like, why would you bring in a guy? You clarified it well on your podcast this morning. Yeah. That said, that say you can't kick 50 yard field goals or a 45 yard field goal. Well, you don't know why, because I'd rather, what would you rather have someone who could kick it from 50 and be 50, 50 from anywhere from 30 back or a guy that, you know, from 35, he's going to nail it pretty much every time. You just can't get 45 out of them. Which one would you prefer? I'd rather, because the worst thing I'd, I'd worst case scenario, you're down a field goal or less and you're in an, and you have to go for it on fourth and goal from the 12 because you don't have a guy that can kick it. So I'd, I'd rather at least be safe to have someone that could kick accurately from short. Well, here's, here's my opinion on the whole thing. During COVID, we just talked about it. We talked about five-day waiting period. The reason, and we've documented this, the reason Mike Tomlin keeps on bringing kickers and making sure there's guys on the practice squad, guys ready to go, is you cannot get a Randy Bullock off the couch like you did four years ago. And he he resuscitated his career because of one game with you. They, I think they did that on a Friday for a Sunday game four years ago. I mean, you just can't do that right now. So that's who they were stuck with. And you and I went at it on the post game show about it, and I listened to what you had to say, and I got it a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I definitely yeah. understand. Yeah. Well, thank you, Brian. <laughs> now, since we're talking about this stuff, uh, guys, you know what? I was surprised because James Conner gets removed from the reserve COVID list, yet nothing about Marquise Pouncey yet. I was, I guess, I'm still holding out hope that he comes off that list. But for, with each passing day, it seems like it might be J.C. Hasnauer's, or I'm sorry, as they said on Fox, J.D. Hasnauer. Um, <laughs> it might be his third straight start. And that's an issue. If you watch Jeffrey Benedict's film breakdowns, he has been an issue. You watched Brian Baldinger. I posted that article this morning about the breakdowns. He does all these little awesome Twitter clips. I love Baldy's breakdowns. Oh, yeah. And he talked about Hassanauer got eaten alive against that Washington front. Now, I don't think that's a really good Washington front. Yeah, it is. No, I know. (laughs) In the last two games, they've played some really good defenses. I know Baltimore was decimated, but this Buffalo defense is not like that. But it is a little concerning when you're thinking about Hassanauer. Guys, you okay with Hassanauer with game three? Or are you still like me and fingers crossed hoping the pouncey comes off that list sooner than later? Dave, we'll start with you. Oh, I, I was, you and I both had our fingers crossed, hoping that there's a chance he'd come off for the last game. Just yeah. because, is it out? Is it that Pouncey goes out there and at this point in his career and just shoves people out of the way? Not really. It's that your setting, your blocking is all coming from the center that is setting everything. It starts there. It's playing with the guys next to you and everything else. Getting Marquise Pouncey back for this game would be a big lift for that offense. Brian, what's your level of concern there? Uh, yeah, it's a threat level midnight for me. I mean, I really want Pouncey back. It really it really makes me sad that the Wisniewski thing didn't work out with the injury and not, not, uh, not bringing him back. And I know there was a lot of personnel issues at that time when they didn't bring Wisniewski back. I know he's with another team now. Boy, would you love to have him right now at center and not J.D. Jace. Oh my gosh! How do you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moose. Moose. yeah, I mean, next thing you know, I'm gonna get, uh, I'm gonna get McDonald to go ahead oh, oh, and Ray uh, Ray McDonald, Ray Ray McDonald to return <laughs> kicks for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so JC has an hour. Oh my gosh. Four times. That's what was so bad. How yeah. many times did he say it wrong? Yeah, it was Sims, the guy who teared up the teared up the Steelers uh defense for the uh Washington football team was Smith at one point too. So I mean we we could have a whole podcast on that, but I digress. That would be a fun show. Make sure I'm a part of that one. Uh, <laughs> Okay, let's before we dive into this upcoming game against the Buffalo Bills, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the AFC playoff picture. Now, it just had to happen that today around midday, and I know Brian, you always update the standings in your rooting guide. I was like, oh my gosh, we're entering the last quarter of the season, and I haven't done any playoff picture articles yet. I normally start this well early, a lot earlier, but I guess just because Pittsburgh is undefeated, you're thinking. Are people really going to want to see this? I find this stuff absolutely fascinating. Not so much where the Steelers are, because the Steelers and the, the Chiefs are obviously vying for, you know, first place, the, the number one seed, and the first only buy in the seven-team the seven team, uh, playoffs that are about to go down this year. But I want to get your all thought on a couple games. So in case you didn't know, here are some of the games this week to keep an eye on. Brian, you're obviously going to know what you think because you do the rooting guide for us. So we know the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game. We're going to talk about that. But here, Kansas City-Miami, two teams in the top seven. Brian, what are your thoughts on this game? Because, holy cow, this is a big game. Miami's defense is, is pretty good, but Kansas City's on a different level. This is a five-star matchup, and one of the reasons I think it is is because Miami is playing so much better. I love what Brian Flores has done down there. I have watched this team, Miami, uh, win some games in a manner that I was like, I was actually surprised how good they looked and how solid they're getting better. I mean, they brought in uh, Van Noy and some guys from the Patriots, and there's kind of that Patriot way with uh, Brian Flores up. Uh, put in a really tough defense together, like a no-name defense like they used to be back in the 80s and the late 70s. Uh, so the Dolphins are back. If any team could give them trouble, I think I think really on defense, this is a strong defense that could possibly give them trouble. I wish that Denver had a little – I mean, Denver's defense was good the other night against them. Um, Vegas's defense played well in two games against them. But when it came down to it, Mahomes was able to tear him apart. I think this is going to be one of the toughest defenses that Pat Patrick Mahomes has faced all season. I can't wait to watch this game. Dave, what are your thoughts on that game? All right, I'm going to give a bit of a Brian answer. I'm going to tell a story just so I can say something. And that is, you know, I, I, although Die Hard is not one of them, I do like to watch movies. I watch a lot of movies, and I watch certain movies that my wife watches with me, and then I watch certain movies with her. And there's one certain chick flick that she really likes and that we enjoy. Um, I'll even tell you the name of it's called it's Letters to Juliet, and the the. The, the guy that's the fiance, he keeps saying this one phrase over all the time. And he's, he, he's Hispanic and he keeps saying, win, 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 you know, and this is a win, win game for the Steelers. Yeah. You know, and my wife and I say this to each other all the time, like, Oh, win, win. Um, because if Miami takes down Kansas city, then that's one more game that they have as a loss when you're fighting for the number one seat. If Kansas city wins, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the postseason. Yeah. you know, there is, but when you really look at it, there is so many different games that all have to go in a certain way for the Steelers to not lock up a postseason berth. But two weeks ago, they had a chance and things didn't work out their way. This past week, 
there was a lot of things, you know, including them winning or several teams that that were looked like it was going to turn out one way and then it didn't. So I'll be honest with you. First things first, qualify for the postseason. So either way, even if Kansas City knocks off the Dolphins and you're like, ah, that was a one that maybe Steelers could have got some some space there, then it puts them in the postseason. So either way, it's going to be uh, a nice, fun game to enjoy as a Steeler fan. I just don't think – I'll give a Jeff answer here. It'll be shorter. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> – <laughs> I just don't think that the the Dolphins with Tua have enough offense just to keep up with Kansas City, period. Next game to keep an eye on. Brian, get your take on this. Indianapolis at Las Vegas. This is another one of those. Las Vegas is in the hunt. They're in one of those in the hunt groups. Indianapolis is in the top. I think they might be seventh in the standings. Let me do a quick double check here. Yeah, they, they, are. they are. They are number seven. So what do you think? So here's the thing. It's when I do the rooting guide, I'll pull some teams in there to keep on winning just to put pressure on the teams above them. Really, I don't think I don't think whoever let's let me backtrack. Whoever wins the south really doesn't matter to me. What I'm looking at as far as winning the south is who is going to do more damage as a wild card cuz both of those teams are most likely likely to win. So I'm thinking that I might rather have a team like Tennessee taking the wild card because with their running game, they might they might give Kansas City a tougher time with that running game being able to control the clock a little bit more, but their defense is tough. Then you look at Indianapolis with a pretty good defense, might be able to we might be able to turn the clock back to 1995 when Indianapolis as a wild card team Knocks off the number one seed Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. The Steelers get Indy, go to the Super Bowl. So give me you, a heart attack as a young man in yes. the process. <laughs> <laughs> Gave me champagne burns in the eye, too. Um, so you know, this is really for me. I'm looking at the Raiders to win this game more just to keep Baltimore out of there. Yeah, the, but yeah. The yeah. more that the more that the Raiders win, they're ahead of Baltimore. They can't catch Cleveland now. That tiebreaker is dead. But that keeps the Ravens out more and more. If the Raiders continue to go in, they're a team that could beat Kansas City in the playoffs too. I'm not looking at anything. I mean, we could look at all these scenarios on how it benefits the Steelers. When I look at the rooting guide and benefiting the Steelers, I'm looking now in the playoffs because the Steelers have to win to clinch. If they win, all bets are – I mean, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. So that's what I'm thinking here. I'm I'm not looking for the Steelers to back in. I hope not. Uh, what about you, Dave? In terms of this Vegas indie matchup? Well, I th- are, do you have my three games to watch article up in front of you? Is that what you're reading it off no, of right now? Because I'm right reading, now you're you're, I'm re- you're, no. you're on number two out, <laughs> of, out of three. Are, you, you know what the third is going to be? The obvious games. I was, so, I'm looking at my AFC playoff yeah, picture. I know. Apple. You know. You really want to know the truth? Once again, win win. Okay, one. These are both teams that are yeah. in contention for the playoffs, and one of them are going to have to lose. You know, right now it's funny because because Jeffrey Benedict asked me what would it take for the Steelers to act to, to not make it. I'm like craziness because the Raiders have to go four and zero. The Colts have to, the Colts have to go three and one, but their one loss has to be to Vegas. The Dolphins have to go three and one, and their one loss has to be to Vegas. And the Titans have to go either four and zero or three and one, and their one loss has to be to either Green Bay or Detroit, not to Jacksonville or Houston. 
and the Steelers have to lose all the rest of the games. That's <laughs> what it takes. And that would just kick in the tiebreaker. Then you've got all these other games going on that would have to go right for them to not have the tiebreaker, which would probably mean the Jets would have to win a whole bunch of games um, in order for, because Miami's beat them twice and that doesn't help them with strength of victory. So anywho, you got all this crazy stuff. But either way, these are two contending playoff teams that one of them's going to lose. So, you know, uh, the, do you want to – I mean, if, if Vegas loses, they can't catch the Steelers no matter what, then they're in the postseason. Or – you know, if Indy loses, then maybe you learn something from this game that you can maybe use against them in week 16. I'll give you a Jeff answer. I think that the Raiders are overrated. My gosh, they barely <laughs> beat the Jets last week. I don't like Indy either. I think that I love their defense. I'm not sold on Phillip Rivers. I never have been, never will be. I can't stand him. He's a punk. I hate how people compare him with me because I have a lot of kids. Not as many as he does, by the way. <laughs> You're more Fitzpatrick in my mind. Oh my gosh. All right. Last one, which I know is probably is Dave's third. Holy cow. Monday night. It's Baltimore Ravens at Cleveland. <laughs> I was literally talking to my father this morning or this afternoon evening. And he said, you ready for Monday night? He goes, we have to root for Baltimore. Don't we? And I'm like, yeah, I said, I'm really going to have to shower after that. <laughs> he said, that's awful. But at the same time, it's, it's a situation where well, win, win. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't like Cleveland though. I don't I want Cleveland hanging around the top of the the standings or anything like that. Brian, what are your thoughts on that AFC North matchup on Monday Night Football in, oh, Cle in Cleveland? I know, boy, I cannot wait for this one. Grab your purple, start worshiping the Wang and yeah. get some old bay and rub it behind your ears on both sides. Use it as deodorant, sprinkle old bay all over your body. You are a Baltimore fan this weekend. And here's the reason why. Baltimore can't touch you in the division. They can't. They're done. They don't mean anything to you. The only thing that's going to keep you from rooting for Baltimore is your hatred of Baltimore. And I get it. But when we do the rooting guide, Dave, wait, stop shaking the head. Let me finish. No, I'm just going to keep shaking my head. No, dude, you're distracting me. Stop. <laughs> Listen, when we do the rooting guide, all right, what we do is we take this into consideration. If you look forward for Pittsburgh and you don't want them to worry about, God forbid, they get to week 17 and that's a must-win game for the division, that'll be terrible. There are not many games that, this is the last game that Cleveland is probably going to be in danger of really losing. Pittsburgh has Cincinnati after the Buffalo game. If they beat Cincinnati and Cleveland loses one more, it's over. It doesn't matter what happens the rest of the way. Because they would have three losses in that division. And then they're done. Because Pittsburgh will not be able, to, if they are able to tie them, or just not even just beat Cincinnati, but just win one more. They win one more game. They're at 12 and four. They find themselves at the end of the road at 12 and four, or just at 12 wins, because then they would, the best possible scenario would be 12 and four for them. What would happen is they would have three division losses. Pittsburgh can't possibly come close to three division losses, even if they lose to Cleveland at the end. It's so it can't happen. So just to rest easy and not have to worry about anything down the line, that's what you look for. You don't look for any other team winning for you except for Baltimore right now. Also, they need knock down a peg. They've got to be knocked down. They have too much momentum. They're getting too cocky. They need slapped. If it's brown, flush it down. Break out the plunger. It's got to happen. 
Well, before Dave goes, and I know, Dave, you have a lot to say. Both Baltimore and Cleveland have a really easy last four. Let me read it off real quick. Cleveland is obviously home versus Baltimore at the New York Giants, at the New York Jets, and then home versus the Steelers. Baltimore at Cleveland versus Jacksonville versus the New York Giants, and then at Cincinnati to finish out. Both of those teams have a very easy final quarter, in my opinion. Dave, go ahead. Win-win. Well, you were shaking I mean, your head so adamantly no, at Brian. I'm waiting for you to say, the no, thing is, no, one of these teams has to lose. It's really what do you want more? Do you want more distance to win the AFC North? Which I, that's my vote. But I was also brought up in my in my three games to watch article in a comment today. Like, nope, I'm still pulling for Cleveland. What somebody said, you said, you know why? Get Baltimore out of the postseason. Yeah, I would think that Baltimore is a bigger threat, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, which which one do you want? Do you want – what's nice is you're going to get one or the other. One of the teams has to lose. Or if they tie, that's even better because then neither of them wins, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, Baltimore at at, at 7-5, and five, but the thing is, if this is their only loss remaining, 10-6 and six is probably going to put them in anyway if they, this is the only one they lose. Yeah. So – you know, if Baltimore wins this game, they're in really good shape to make it anyway. I don't know with seven teams going in if that would be enough to knock them out. So that's why I say I'm going to, you know, pull for them to take down the take down the Browns. But chances are, I still think you're going to see three teams from the, from the AFC North in the postseason. Can, can I jump back in? If you if you look at this, if you think that Baltimore, you want Baltimore out of the playoffs, all right? And you don't think that, but you think that they're good enough to win the rest of these games, then they could be good enough to win this game. And if you want them in the playoffs, that's fine because they have a legitimate shot of knocking off a team like the Chiefs, which if they, if the Chiefs continue to be the second seed and the Ravens are the seventh seed, they, they'll match up right away. Or they have a legitimate shot of knocking off a team like Buffalo. Pittsburgh's a team that knows this team. They they know each other well. And I think after that last game, if they have to match up with Baltimore in a second round, I think that I think that would be uh pretty dangerous for uh, both teams. I think both teams would it would be just an AFC North matchup with both teams knowing each other, but Pittsburgh has a chip on their shoulder from that game 2 weeks ago. So, all I'm going to say here is the Browns need to be stopped right now. They're on too much of a roll, and when you get on too much of a roll, you get dangerous. So I don't think it's win-win. I think you knock out Cleveland right now. This will basically knock out Cleveland if Pittsburgh wins one more. But Pittsburgh's going to win more than one more, but you want to get Cleveland out of there. I'm rooting for whatever makes Week 17 mean nothing for Pittsburgh. Yes. That's (laughs) what I'm rooting for. And that will be Baltimore. Right. Yeah. Can I say one thing about Week 17? Sure. I'll tell you what I don't want. And you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but if I, I have to, I'll pull out stats for you at another time. The last thing I want is for the Pittsburgh Steelers to rest all their players in week 17 and have the buy for the playoffs. Week that's like not a good two, situation. That's 2017. Yeah, because I, I did the numbers behind this last year in the postseason. Teams have losing records when they rest their, when they rest like their starting quarterbacks in week 17 and have the buy. You know, it goes all the way back to Peyton Manning in 2005. Yeah. You know, well, technically, I guess it was 2006, 2005 season. You know, it doesn't work out well. 
when you rest that long. So I would like for the, if the Steelers aren't going to have a buy right now, I'm still, you know, I'm so optimistic that they are, if they aren't, then I, then resting week 17 would be great if everything's locked in. But if they are, I want them to have to play for it the last week, you know, and then, and then have their buy and then roll on. I don't want two weeks off for a Ben Roethlisberger. So you, you rest your players, get a buy, throw in John Oates, and it's a recipe for. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of touch. <laughs> and I'm out of time with you. Oh, Kathy man. Ford, uh, John Eds is always a good icebreaker. Kathy Ford, $2. She, is, she gives us a super chat test. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they very said much, it wasn't Kathy. working earlier, but it looks like oh. it is now. Yeah, I mean, we got a couple here. Miss, Mr. Mrs. I'm sorry, Mrs. and Mr. Steelers gave us $5. Didn't say anything. So if we have a question, they do here next. Uh, ready? It's the, it's the $10 one. Oh. There we go. Thank you very much. <laughs> so happy to be here with you guys. I had a craptastic week on top of losing to WFT WTF. Well, I'm glad you're here. I got a I got a really nice email from one of our listeners um, from Hawaii, actually. And he talked about how it's been a really rough year on him, but he turns to Behind the Steel Curtain and our podcast, and um, he loves my Let's Ride show, and he talks about the articles. He said, you all really helped me get through a really crappy time. So, hey. That's why we're here. Let's talk some Steelers, you know. Uh, Crazy Blue 223 gives us $5. It's chill. I'll never root for Baltimore. We just need to take care of our games. Hashtag win win. <laughs> and then uh, there's another one here. Chris Covage gives us $5. CC Steelers are motivated. We'll find a way. Running game will get going. Love you guys. Thanks for everything you guys do week to week. Thank you, Chris, for the tip. We appreciate it 100%. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We come off this break. We're going to talk about this Buffalo Bills week 14 game inside and out. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. 